Mother Mary comforts me. <laughs> Let it be. Come on, everybody. Got the triangle in the background. More cowbell. <laughs> I can't turn this song off. It feels like I'd be doing something wrong. It'd be insulting. Okay, let's do it. Let's see some. Uh, well, I mean, tomorrow's the official, but we got some book covers. That's yeah, okay. Who's who got some book covers? What do we got here? Pickle. This is Pickle Rick from Rick and Morty, the best show ever. Let's give it up right there. Pickle Rick. That, that's my first ever pickle as a Hamlet. That's good. Pickles are awesome. Hamlet's awesome. Rick and Morty. I don't know who they are. But I trust you. You're not, you're not missing out. I mean, honestly, I don't think we should go watch Rick and Morty. To be okay. totally honest. Um, I would recommend it. I've never seen it. Truth, truth, truth is out, right? Yeah. All right, who's got another cover? Quinn does. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. Right there. Yes. Hamlet crest, sword, skull. Styles, give it up right there. Come on. You've got another cover. Q. Hamlet. Oh, lit. Lit. Come on, let's give it up right there. That's good. Come on, we got one right here. Look at this. Loveliness and. Come on. It's a pun. There's like a pig that says ham, then a tiny pig that says Hamlet. So it's ham and then Hamlet. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up right there. It's a cute little pig. Thank you. I love the decor. Thank you. Very nice. All right, keep going with the covers, right? Keep yeah. going with the covers. Yoda. I know, right there. Do or no do. There is no try. All right, do or do not. Do or do not. There to do no or try. not to do. To do or not to do. There is no try. <laughs> so good. All right, uh, all you need is your book, all right, and a pen or a pencil. All right, and this is where you want to... Finish up that thing on the phone, the, the four of you. <laughs> Off and away. Get away. There you go. I, that's yes. what I might start doing is having people power off. Um, the last time I did that, I missed Oh, well, okay, fair enough. Right. I was like, yes. No. <laughs> Let me pray. Let me pray. Lord, thanks for our group here today and bless our efforts here to learn and grow. And uh, I pray you bless this moment of looking at character development. Be with those who are not here. Help them have a great time wherever they are. And uh, in your name, Jesus. Amen. There we go. Now, I'm just going to jump right in with something for about a half hour or so. And then after that, we'll unpack it. And then we'll just kind of look at the, the opening of Hamlet, look at the characters. And, and if we, at the end of block, if we're going to we get there, we'll just start. Act one. Like, we'll just go for it. So we'll see. But we may not get there. Um, so grab your, grab your play, open up to Act 1, Scene 1, Line 1. Okay. 
And our focus for this study of Hamlet this semester is going to be character development. And what I want to do is take a half an hour or so and show you what Shakespeare can do with character development. Okay, just like what he can do. And it's, it's pretty profound when we land on it. Um, and I, I want to start with, this is a play of questions, right? Some really famous questions, so you'll see some of that. We haven't done our themes. We haven't done the character playlist. We haven't done all that stuff yet. We will. But I kind of want to just like explode into it right now. So I'm going to give you some of the key passages, some of the big famous lines, and, uh, and kind of walk you through what Shakespeare does in five acts. Fair enough? Okay, so act one, scene one, line one. Who's there? That is a great opening line. It is, it is, Francisco is there, actually. But that's a great opening line. We've had, if music be the food of love, play on. Right? We've had, oh, for a muse of fire. And now what do we got? Who's there? Who's there? Yeah, who there? Knock, knock. Who's there? Yeah, it makes you wonder. And so I wonder how this is said. Is it... Who's there looking at someone? Uh, looking here? Is it who's there? Is there anybody out there? Right? Is it scared? Who's there? Like, who are you? Whoa, I'm concerned. Right? God, are you there? I think the other one is who is there for me? Is a great question. Like, who's there? I think it's interesting that God asks Adam and Eve, where are you, right? Where are you? There's a question at the beginning of the story, and it's great. It is a ghost story. It starts at the stroke of midnight, and they're out there checking out a ghost. So classic ghost story. Stroke of 12, ghosty shows up. All right, so I want us to just go there, all right? Uh, we got a whole bunch of different things happening. And flip, 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 flip. Okay. And I'd like to take you to Act 1, Scene 2, Line 128. Okay. Line 128. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt. Thaw and resolve itself into a Jew, right? So we are we are here on page 162 of this text. Oh, that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. What does he want to do? What is self-slaughter? The dude wants to kill himself. So welcome to Hamlet Act 1. See, you know, Act 1, Scene 2. Oh, right? Oh, God! Oh, God! How weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. How's the guy doing? <laughs> He's struggling. Yeah, this is not a good day. Fire on it! Fire! Oh, fire! This is unweeded garden. Things grow to seed, things rank and gross, and nature possess it merely. He's struggling. Now what you're not aware of, and we will get aware of that pretty quickly here, is his dad's dead. 
He comes back from college to a dead dad, right? Um, I just want you to see like this guy wants to die. He hates life. He's struggling with the people around him who have become rank and unweeded. He, he wants to kill himself. A lot of people don't, don't actually grasp the fact that at the beginning of this play, Hamlet is crazy depressed and suicidal. And he hates life and hates the world. How are we doing? Okay. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, something between Act 1, Scene 2, Line 128, and, flip, 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 Act 1, Scene 5, Line 174, something happens. And it's a, it's a big something. We'll get there. All right. But line, uh, what page is it? We're looking at uh, page 195. Okay, 195. Act 1, scene 5, line 174. He has just seen the ghost of his dead dad. That's a, Imagine that. Yeah, that'd be weird, right? So this would be like someone who has just died. Like think in our community, a person has just died, and then you see this person's ghost. What? <laughs> For Hamlet, it's his own dad, right? That's a big encounter. We'll talk about what that means, what it was like. We'll get there. But he had just seen the ghost of his dad. It was a group seeing of this. So other people saw it, including his best friend, Horatio. And Horatio, on the bottom of 194, says, Oh, day and night, this is wondrous strange. And Hamlet says this, therefore, as a stranger, give it welcome. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in our philosophy. Now, as we're doing character development, I love that. Play a question. The dude's suicidal, wants to die, wants to kill himself, hates life, hates the people around him, think that they're rank, right? Encounters a ghost of his dead dad. And how does he respond? Hey, there you go. Like Horatio's like, what the heck, right? Hamlet's like, oh yeah, ghost, normal. Supernatural, that's fine, I'm fine with that. Actually, welcome, I welcome it. I welcome the supernatural. I'm okay with this, because there are more things going on in heaven and earth than you can even imagine. Sounds like Ephesians, right? That he'll do more than we can ask or imagine. Sounds like David in the uh, Old Testament. You know, his ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts, right? I think it's important in regards to character development that that's actually already there for Hamlet. He doesn't need to grow into an understanding of the supernatural. I think for some students at Wheaton Academy, seeing a ghost tonight <laughs> would be awkward at best, right? For Hamlet, he's like, oh yeah, ghosts are real. I'm fine with that. I get it. That's just part of the that's part of reality. So his worldview has what in it? Both, right? He's there. Um, his worldview is Second Kings chapter six. If you're in my philosophy class, this is where Elisha is trapped by an army of Arameans, right? But what's also out there? God's angel army of fire, and Elisha sees them both. 
the servant next to him is freaking out because he doesn't see the angel army. All right. Second Kings 6, if you want to write that down. It's a great connection here. All right, how are we doing in Act 1? How's Hamlet? Not great. Not great. How's his worldview? Healthy, mm -hmm. but on one hand, really unhealthy. Yeah. Like he wants to die. He hates the world. Everybody got it? So we got some uh, uh, plenty of potential for character development, don't we? <laughs> Thank you, Shakespeare. All right, go to page 218, Act 2, Scene 2. Page 218. Act 2, Scene 2, Line 290. Everybody got it? So page 218. Here now, Hamlet is with his college buddies. Uh, maybe more his grammar school buddies. That's probably the better way to say it. His grammar school growing up buddies. They are chumps. They're being paid off by Uncle Claude to spy on Hamlet. And they pretend to be Hamlet's friends. And he sees through them in like two minutes. Because <laughs> Hamlet's awesome like that. He really is a pretty cool kid. Pretty cool cat. Is that what I was just going to say? Yeah. Okay. I can say that, I guess. A cool pickle. Mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. Crisp, cool pickle. All right. Um, yeah, Hamlet gets it. He sees right through him. And then he has this interesting monologue. Here it is. Hamlet, I have an eye of you. If you love me, hold not off. Like, tell the truth, guys. He's saying, were you guys sent for? Were you? Are you? Are you spying on me? They're like, yeah, we're sent for. <laughs> oh, well, you got us, dude. Like, I'll tell you why. And so shall my anticipation prevent your discovery. And your secrecy to the king and queen molt no feather. I have of late, <laughs> but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth. Forgone all custom of exercise, and indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. This most excellent canopy, the air, look you, this brave overhanging firmament, this majestical roof fretted with golden fire. Why it appears no other thing to me than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. By the way, how's he with words? Yeah, not too shabby. <laughs> you can see, like, we've been building up to this point. Shakespeare unleashes here. Look at this one. What a piece of work is a man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculty, in form and moving. How express and admirable. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world. The paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Mm. Act one. I want to die. I'm going to kill myself. I hate the world <laughs> and people. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? There's more going on here than we might be thinking about, right? Act two, what, who am I? What does it mean to be a human being? Actually, look at the question. Are we just a pile of dust? It actually is the great existential question because in materialism, all we are is what? Matter and electricity. We are just piles of dust. 
So what's his question? Am I, am I more than just dirt? The humans are amazing, but are we just dirt? How's he doing? Yeah, and they think it's a great question, isn't it? Like, what, what am I? And shouldn't we all be asking this? Because if you're sitting here and you are more than just dirt, if you are in the image of God with an eternal soul, beloved and adored, does that matter? Like, yeah. If you're not that, if we are not that and we're just piles of dirt, <laughs> does that matter? Uh, yeah, that's a huge deal. Good question, Hamlet. Again, it's a play of question, isn't it? Yes. Keep going? All right, here it is. Page 239, Act 3, Scene 1, Line 57. Act 3, Scene 1, Line 57, Page 239. Now, I think it's really important for you to note where this is. Act 1, characters, right? Themes. Act 2, plot and subplot, right? Act 3 is when we get what? The climax and the clarity. So by now, we know all the characters, we know the plot, we know the structure, we know the themes, right? So now we get what? To be or not to be. Like, does that make sense? Now we get that big famous question. And it's right after his girlfriend breaks up with him. So she breaks up with him. Oh, actually, it's right after? No, it's right before. Sorry, excuse me. It's right before his girlfriend's gonna break up with him. Yeah, right before. Can't break. He can't. Everybody and by the way, everybody's spying on him, including the audience right now. Wait, why is everybody spying on him? Exactly. Yeah, Come on, what's up with that? Why is everybody I mean, spying on him? It's annoying. Yeah. So he's alone on stage, everybody's spying on him, including his girlfriend, who's holding all of his stuff, about to break up with him. <laughs> there we go. Ready? To be or not to be, that is the question. Real quick, not to do or not to do. It's to be. What is a being? It's existing. It's living. Not what should I do with my life. It's what is life? What is existence? And to exist or not to exist. To be or not to be, that is the question. We're really, wait, it's not a period. Did you guys notice that? And it's actually not a question mark right there. The period marks, bless you, the period marks one complete thought. Actually, circle the question mark on the next page. That's the end of the sentence. And one sentence is a complete thought. So let's get the complete thought. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea, an ocean of troubles, and by opposing, end them. Hey, Garrison. Welcome to class. <laughs> We're on page 240, if you want to jump in. What's the question now, actually? It's, it's not just to exist or not to exist. It's not just to be or not to be. It's to be or not to be in the face of what? hard life. Life is hard. Life is filled with troubles. Why stay alive when life sucks? 
right? Yeah. That's actually a really hard question, isn't it? Not why stay alive when life's great. It's why stay alive when your life is really hard? Why stay alive when you have all an ocean of troubles coming against you, wave after wave after wave? Thank you, Bono. Every breaking wave, right? You're getting hit and hit and hit. And you have to oppose all the evil in this world and try to end it? That's exhausting. Why? Why stay alive when life is so hard? Now we tracking? But wait, is that the end of the monologue? No, we got to keep going. To die, to sleep, no more. And by asleep, to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. To the consummation devoutly to be wished, to die, to sleep, to get your rest. Anybody tired? And he's just like, can't we just die and get this life over with? I just want to go to bed. <laughs> like, I just want to rest in peace. Just get me to heaven. Get out of this crazy place. To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of disprised love? And he's about to get dumped. The law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurn that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin. He's got a dagger, and he can do what with it? Right here in the ribs. Right there, what could he do? Boom. Done. It would take five seconds. How hard is that? Who would these fartles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no travelers return, puzzles the will, William Shakespeare, <laughs> puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others we know not of. Thus, conscience does make cowards of us all. And thus, the native hue of resolution is sickly o'er with a pale cast of thought, and enterprises of great pith and moment with this regard, their currents turn away and lose the name of action. And then Ophelia walks in. Nymph, right? It's interesting that we get this to be or not to be. This is almost third person. He's pondering something. He's not saying, I want to die. Like, he's not doing that, right? So now look at this. Oh, I want to commit suicide. I hate my life. The world sucks and people suck. What is a people? <laughs> what is a person? What is, what's a human being? What am I, am I more than dust? Okay. So maybe I'm more than dust. Uh, why, why stay alive though when life sucks? <laughs> when you can just like stab yourself and go to heaven? Oh, because you might not go to heaven. Oh, that's why people don't commit suicide when life is so hard because they don't know what happens when they die, right? They're all a bunch of cowards. Now remember, this is act three. Are we done yet? No, but how's Hamlet doing? <laughs> Now, real quick, though, 
I want to pause and lean into this. And really, at Weed Academy, we can. We can lean in hard. I'd actually like you to take it to, take it to Hamlet's real question here. It says earlier in the play, in the text, that he's studying at Wittenberg. Of all the places on the planet, where did Shakespeare choose? Wittenberg. What happened 80 years earlier from the publication of this play? Only 80 years out. 95 theses. <laughs> like, words out. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. But like, that's happened. The Reformation just happened. And Hamlet's studying where? At Wittenberg. Is he aware? Sola fides? Sola grace? Sola scriptura? Is he aware of all that? He's studying it there. So what does Hamlet know? What can we presume that Shakespeare knows, that Hamlet knows? That if you kill yourself, you'll actually go where? If you're a Christian, if you're saved by grace, you'll go where? You'll go to heaven. So what's the real question? Yeah, if you're a Christian and you're saved by grace, why stay on planet Earth when you can just kill yourself and go to heaven? Now that's, that's a good question, isn't it? Right? And is there a good answer? Yeah. yeah. It's hard, though, because if you don't have that good answer, that is really compelling, isn't it? Get the heck out of this crazy world. Get out of the suffering. Get out of the waves of sorrow hitting me every day. I can just go straight to heaven. Now, as a teacher, I know it's important to not just leave that open. Fair enough. Because it is actually really compelling. Especially if you really believe. <laughs> you really trust grace. All your sins are covered. Including the sin of suicide. Whoa. Yeah. They're all nailed to the cross, right? What does Paul say? To live is Christ. To die is gain. Oh, okay. So we are good. <laughs> is it gain to die? Yeah, but if you don't have something to live for, then all you have is what? The gain of dying. How are we tracking? So I, I would throw out there, like, if you really don't have something to live for down here, and life gets really, really hard, this gets really hard, doesn't it? But if you know that you are here to build the kingdom, to serve Christ, that to live is Christ, can you handle, like Paul, all of the crazy sufferings down here. Like Christ, can you handle the suffering down here? Well, yeah. Well, I actually would go so far as to say that this might be one of the most powerful, influential questions on the planet. Who knows to be or not to be on planet Earth? It, pretty much anybody. It's cultural capital. Why is it so famous? Because we're all wondering that. Why stay alive when life is so hard? Thank you, Shakespeare. Thank you, Hamlet. Keep going. What's the average reference to that? Little For what? To live is Christ. Oh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Why don't you Google that real quick? <laughs> I'll, I'll write it down in my book. I should know, but I'm terrible with those deeds. Uh, that'd be great. Let's get that in here. Let's hear it for our good use of 
technology there. What do we got? Siri. Any luck? Um, oh, wait, I have it wrong. Oh, no, you're fine. Questions on that actually before I move on? Is it are we safe to move on? Did we catch the, the weight of it? Philippians 121. There you go. Oh Philippians. You gotta love Philippians. Yeah. So good, right? Mm -hmm. That's that book about joy, ironically, too. Yeah. Okay. So now we got that. Thank you for getting that detail in there. Yeah. Are we ready? I want you to catch this now. Let me set up this jump. Ready? Who's there? Which is great. I want to die. Like, I, I, oh God, right? why can't I kill myself? And I hate the world, and I hate people in the world. <laughs> oh wait, real quick, time out. There's more going on here than you and I might be aware of. Actually, there is more than going on than, than we can even dream of. What's a human being? Are we more than dust? Are we? Why stay alive when life sucks and you can just kill yourself? And especially, go straight to heaven. Are we there? Okay, so ready? Flip, flip, flip. Something really cool happens in Act 4. I bet it's a twist, or two, or three. What do you think about that? I know, right? So Act 4 is amazing, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to skip it, because I am that cruel of a teacher. I know, isn't that great? So we're going to skip Act 4 and go to Act 5. Go to page 329, Act 5, Scene 1, Line 170. Act 5. Scene 1, line 170, okay. Page 327, and then page 329. This is it. This is the famous, famous skull scene. Anybody seen the skull scene? The picture of it, the painting of it, or whatever? Seen it on stage, seen it in the movie. Hamlet is doing what? Now I'm I'm holding it. I want to show you. He's literally looking what in the face? Death, and holding death where? In his hand. How's he doing? Interesting. Let's see how he's doing. Cause something's going on here, right? And so he's talking with the clown. At they're in a graveyard, and they're digging up stuff, and he holds. Um, a skull in his hand, which is pretty wild, right? And Hamlet and these clowns are kind of joking around, which is interesting, joking with them. Um, and then turn the page to page 329, and uh, the first clown says, A pestilence on him for the mad rug, a poured flagon of Rhenish down my head once. The same skull, sir, was York's skull, the king's jester. So it would be like holding whose skull from Twelfth Night? Festies. It'd be Festy's skull. All right. But it's York. So York made it into the play. He doesn't have a lot of lines. <laughs> but York's in the play. And he says, I knew him, Horatio, a fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. He has borne me on his back a thousand times, and now how abhorred in my imagination it is. My gorge rises at it. 
Here hung those lips I have n kissed I know not how oft. Where be your jibes now, your gambles, your songs, your flashes of merriment that were wont to set the table a roar? No one now to mock your own grinning. Look what he's doing. He's like, quite chop fallen. Your, your jaw's wide open wide. I don't know. You're like, oh, you're quite chop fallen. Right? Look at that. Now get you to my lady's chamber and tell her to paint it an inch thick talking about her makeup. Awkward. <laughs> like she needs how much makeup to look good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, make her laugh at that. Oh, wait. He's doing what with death? He's, he's doing what right now? Joking around. He's having fun. Telling jokes. Holding death in his hand, staring in the face. Is he afraid? No. No. He's laughing and joking. What happened? <laughs> he's over here like, I want to die. Ah! You know, and why stay alive? And now it's like, hey, I was quite chop fallen. He's either what? Insane or what? Or free. Something. He's holding death in his hands. He's not afraid of it. He's staring in the face. He's fine. He's joking around. He's like laughing and stuff. Did something happen? Yeah, something happened. Something big happened. Actually, let's see how big this happened is. Go to Act 5, Scene 2. And here is Hamlet at the end of this play. Okay, Act 5, Scene 2, line 160, page 345. Okay, page 345. I want you to look at this. Actually, page 344. Go to page 344. And Hamlet is going to be doing a gentleman's duel with Laertes, which means they're just fighting for honor, right? Now, the one in Twelfth Night, yeah, the one in Twelfth Night was to the death, but that was a joke. Does that make sense? It should have been a gentleman's duel, but they made it to the death. This one is a gentleman's duel yeah, but there's something funky going on here. And Hamlet's best friend, Horatio's like, whoa, dude, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Funky. So I sense I sense something, Hamlet. And Horatio says, Don't do it, don't do it. Right? And Hamlet says, Ah, it's but foolery. But it's such a thing of gain giving, it would trouble a woman. If your mind is like anything, obey it. I will forestall thee, repair hither, and say you're not fit for it. He's like, stop. If you don't like this, I'll tell him to stop. I'll, I'll call it off. And Hamlet's like, not a wit. We defy augury. I defy all omens. There is special providence in the fall of a sparrow. Who did the dude just quote? Not what book. Like, who in that book did he just quote directly? Jesus. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's kind of cool because it's in the footnote. Matthew, right? Like, they've got it there. Oxford knows that he's quoting who? Jesus. This special, this special fall, in the, excuse me, this special providence in the fall of a sparrow. If it be now, tis not to come. If it be not to come, it will be now. If it be not now, it will come. What's the it? Death. Death. Like, if I, uh, if I die now, I'm not going to die later. <laughs> And if I don't die now, I'm going to do what? Die later. die later. The readiness. Circle this line. The readiness is all. Yeah, you're all going to die. You just need to be what? You need to be ready. Since no man knows what ought he leaves, what's it to leave betimes? Here it is. Circle it. 
star, asterisk, tattoo, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let be. What does he do? So many people miss this. I've traveled the planet <laughs> talking with people about Shakespeare. We miss let be. Like, to be or not to be is a huge question, right? And we just leaned into how big that question is. And Shakespeare doesn't leave us hanging. He actually has Hamlet do what? Answer the question. Let be. Let's live. Let's do it, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> How's he doing? Hey, come on, look at this. It's like, you know what? God cares about birds. <laughs> of course he cares about who? So God cares about me. And you have to be ready to die anytime, and I'm what? And I'm ready. So I might as well choose to what? Live. I'm going to choose life, right? Oh, the duel. Yeah, but he's like, I'm willing to die in this duel. I'm willing to do the fight. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to go against this, which is pretty amazing, right? Not only that, look what happens next, which isn't really part of this, but it is, because there's another huge shift in the play. This whole play has been about revenge, 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 revenge. What is the antidote to the poison of revenge? Forgiveness. It's the antidote, and look what Hamlet does. Next, you guys, Hamlet's next words out of his mouth after let be, give me your pardon, sir. I have done you wrong. It is the first time in this entire play that someone offers someone else forgiveness. It's right after Hamlet says, live, let be. So much so that I got to take it even further. I got to take it even further. There's a big duel. There's poison. Hamlet's dies, sorry to spoiler alert, right? But Hamlet dies, it's a tragedy, right? The end of a comedy, everybody gets married. At the end of the tragedy, everybody gets buried. Actually, at the end of this tragedy, I think on stage, there's nine dead bodies at the end. There's 11 to like 13 or 14 dead characters. Like, <laughs> it's bad, it is a, it's a bloodbath, right? But there's, and Hamlet's dying. And it's a mess. There's carnage everywhere. A dead king and a dead queen and dead Laertes and dead, there's just dead people all over the place. And Hamlet's dying. Go to page 351. Laertes says he is justly served, right, about the king who's dying. It's a poison tempered by himself, right? What's the poison of the play? That's the big question, right? Yeah, revenge, definitely. It is a poison tempered by himself. Exchange forgiveness with me, noble Hamlet. Ah, what does Laertes do? Ask for what? Forgiveness, I love that. Mine and my father's death come not upon thee, nor thine on thee. Have thee make me free of it. And he looks, I'll follow thee. I'm dead, Horatio. Wretched queen, adieu. You who look pale and tremble at this chance are but mute or audience of this act. Had I but time, this fell sergeant death is strict in his arrest. Oh, I could tell you, but let it be, Horatio. He says it again, just in case we missed it. 
I am dead. Thou livest, report me and my cause aright to the unsatisfied. Horatio grabs the cup that had the poison in it, looks to see if there's anything left. Never believe it. I'm more an antique Roman than a Dane. Here's some liquor left. What's Horatio, his best friend, going to do right now? Kill himself. And Hamlet's like, give me the cup. Stop. By heaven, I'll have it. Wait, what, what, what? Did it really go this far? He wants to do what? Oh, God, I hate my life. I want to die. I want to kill myself. At the end of the play, he's telling his best friend to what? No, don't kill yourself. <laughs> like, what happened? Wow. Look at that kid. In, in four hours, look where this guy went from wanting to kill himself to telling his best friend to stay alive in the midst of bloody chaos and suffering. No, stay alive, don't do it. There is a reason to live, right? Powerful. Don't worry, I actually didn't give away the ending officially fully, there's still more. And there's a lot going on in this play and we're studying it, all right? And so I wanted to give you a taste of this character development and a taste of what we're getting into there. Pretty powerful. How are we doing? We good? Yeah. Questions, thoughts, comments? Now, I didn't tell you what happened in Act 4. <laughs> but did something happen in Act 4? Yeah. yeah, there's some major epiphany. Huge epiphany. Something happens. And it has to do with pirates. Which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, we're gonna have to get Lehman in here, I think. I know. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Right, we may have to leave this up front, huh? Okay. Questions, thoughts, comments? Yes. Um, I mean, he tells Horatio um, in this harsh, harsh world to draw that breath. Harsh world. Totally flipped. He's, not only is there a reason to stay alive, the reason to stay alive is to go tell people about what causes this destruction and offer them the good news that forgiveness is the answer. Yeah, come on, right? The last man standing, the best friend, we're all the Horatios, right? Oh, let's give it up for Shakespeare. Very nice. Okay, that's our uh, half point spot of class. Shall we uh, dive in? Are we ready? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay.